Love this podcast? Support it and sponsor today. Simply head to OzCastNetwork.com for details. How powerful is the Cox Network? So powerful that one day, the internet will let your doctor perform miracles from thousands of miles away. Connecting to remote operating room. Giving a whole new meaning to the term house call. Operation complete. The Cox Network. With gig speeds everywhere, it's internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, bringing us closer. In Cox serviceable areas, speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms apply. Other restrictions may apply. There's three sides to every story. There's my side, your side, and the truth. should withdraw that, and if you don't, we will have to do it on the floor of the Senate. We're going to fight for those Australians who haven't got the time to go around and get on Twitter and wear t-shirts. The kids who are sick cannot do the hip-hop anymore. I will not be lectured about sexism and misogyny by this man. G'day and welcome to The Curb. My name's Andrew Pearce and this is a podcast that's all about culture, unity, reviews and banter. This podcast is proudly recorded in the lands of the Wajak people of Perth region and pay respects to the elders both past, present and emerging. On this particular episode, I have a chat with two stand-up comedians, Katie Lees and Grace Riveray, who have a new stand-up show called Hour of Power, which will be kicking off in Sydney on this Thursday, the 16th of January at 8pm at the Flight Path Theatre. Uh, I will stick a link in the show notes for this, and uh, certainly I, I highly recommend heading along on the opening night, which again is the 16th, this coming Thursday, where they are going to be having an opening night bushfire fundraiser uh, you can hear more about that at the end of this particular interview uh, the shows running from the 16th 17th 18th uh, at 8 p.m again at flight path theater as well as the 23rd 24th and 25th of january also at 8 p.m at the flight path theater i will be sticking a link in the show notes for all of that um, and the flight path theater is in marrickville in new south wales so make sure to head along and enjoy a great night of stand-up comedy um, and even if you're not able to head along, I highly recommend still listening to this particular interview because it's a lot of fun and it's great to hear uh, two people who are clearly great friends and, and really enjoy each other's company quite a lot and telling a wonderful uh, story about how they met and, and basically the openness of friendship. Uh, so yeah, enjoy this and head along and go and see a great night of stand-up comedy. First up, if you can both introduce yourselves, just so, because obviously this will be an audio format, um, and just so people who are listening uh, get an understanding of who's who would be fantastic. Sure. Um, I'm Grace Rubray, uh, and I'm, I'm a good start. I'm a, um, a writer, uh, an actor, a comedian, and I also am a um, post-production producer as well. Those are my little, my little things. Um, and I'm Grace's best friend, 10 years, Katie Lees, um, also a writer, actor, comedian from Sydney, not a post-producer. That idea <laughs> took me out. But you do, you do, your 
say your job, your other job. Oh, my other job, my, my day job. Um, I'm a tour guide on the Sydney Harbour Bridge, so I get to climb bridges all day when I'm not doing other work. Wow. That's got to be pretty exciting, although terrifying. Although, uh, I don't know, a bit of both. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, apologies as well if you get some... Well, we live right on the on the plane path here in Sydney, so apologies if you can hear some planes That's flying fine. past. It immerses the listeners into the, the experience of, of me talking to you. <laughs> it's fine. The west of Sydney. <laughs> yeah, I, I have dogs and, and I also have wooden floorboards as well. So there is often tinkering around because their toenails tinker on there. So it's like, you know, <laughs> it's um, th- this is not a, a polished uh, thing, but it, it, it I do as best as I can. Um, yeah. <laughs> That's like us. Yeah, polished, but not perfect. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Not polished. Yeah, exactly. It's very Australian. It's the Australian aesthetic, I yeah, think. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, humble. Yeah, humble. Yeah. Personable. So <laughs> I want to know, you guys have been friends for 10 years, well, best friends for 10 years. Um, how did you meet? We um, we met on the first, um, the first day of university. We did a drama degree um, at University of Wollongong. And um, like, so we, we met on the first day, but then we didn't become friends until the end of the week when, Katie, you can tell me <laughs> story. When we, um, our first moment of bonding was a mutual, let's say, dislike of, and look, 18-year-old drama students are a special breed of people. Yes. So you come across people that are a little bit more difficult to get along with. So we first bonded over our mutual dislike of a fellow Classmate. but we're not horrible people we're not horrible people it was just a very intense week and we but we know what we did preface it by saying is it too early to bitch yet yeah we did. and then we just we then let out that we were yeah. feeling frustrated at a person and it turns out we were both feeling frustrated by the same person so we went and got a coffee so we went and got coffee <laughs> <laughs> what did this person do to frustrate you? Obviously, don't name names or anything, but I'm curious what, what caused <laughs> such great ire. Um, it's like, so just, yeah, for people who may have not had a lot of, you know, may not have much to do with um, drama students, um, there's a lot of loudness, a lot of obnoxiousness, especially in the first year of university. So we play a lot of games, you know, get to know you sort of games and stuff. And there was a particular game going on and, this particular person who shall remain nameless um, took it upon themselves to sort of take over and, and tell the rest of us uh, what to do, which was sort of a bit tiring when you're not an 18-year-old drama student. And, and I had refused to play said game because I'd had to spend the week on the bus with her. We'd li- not, uh, not gendered with a person. <laughs> and um, uh, I'd spent every single day with this person and... It had been a very frustrating journey, we, and um, so I had refused to play the game because I just wanted a time out. I just wanted some, yeah. just a bit of time. Because um, it's hard, like, you know, this, where we went, you know, it was like a new city, so no one really knew everyone. Everyone's sort of trying to navigate making friends, trying to do well, so I think everyone's sort of a bit overwhelmed. So I think mm-hmm. when you sort of plough through all this stuff and you find someone who's on your level that you truly connect with, that you go and have a coffee yeah. with, everything just feels so much better yeah. and everything just became so much better. Yeah, and I think we realised that we lived close to each other as well so then we just started going on walks after uni. Oh, yeah, we did. Yeah, we did. <laughs> <laughs> it's nice. That's a good, that's a good relationship. Uh, was it pretty much immediate that you were like, all right, this person is my uh, 
my closeness in, and you know, my best friend and all this kind of stuff, my, the person I can be confident yeah. with and stuff. Yeah, I, I think one of the, yeah, I would say definitely. I think one of the first signs was when we, um, we bought keeper cups before it was cool to have a keeper yeah. cup. Um, Grace had a one and I had a dog one and yeah. that was sort of it. Yeah. <laughs> I think we even went on like a holiday together the first, we went to Melbourne together the first, oh, yeah, like four months in. Yeah, four months in, first holiday. Yeah, first holiday. Made sure we could travel together. Yeah. Take that box. So it's almost like, um, you like it's creating a whole new relationship so it's almost date like dating in some regards um yeah because... literally there's um there's a line in the show where we acknowledge that the fact that probably the reason that we're both still single is because we do spend so much time <laughs> together yeah um, but it's kind of really special as well mm. it's really special yeah so what goes into creating and fostering a relationship like that or friendship like that a lot of i think it's just no judgment. Yeah. No judgment. A lot of support and forgiveness and I think you're a safe space yeah. for each other. Um, because you can you can be yourself in, in any shape and any form and that's okay to each other, which is something that I don't think you get in a relationship mm. sometimes because it can be you know, there's a little bit more compromise, I feel mm. like, in in a friendship. Like I don't think we do compromise. We're just like, no. This is me today. Yeah take it even this morning on the on the way to the beach because you know i'm not a morning person grace is very much a morning person but we love to jump in the ocean so we're going over there and and i just were just talking in the car and i had to be like look grace i haven't had a coffee yet and i'm really grumpy (laughs) and it's just like cool that's where you're at we're just gonna roll with that that's fine you do you i'll just be quiet (laughs) and we'll get a coffee after the ocean so there's that that kind of uh the freeing openness where I guess in a relationship well from my perspective at least you you want to present your best self all the time and you know mm. you don't want to uh you don't want your partner or your, your whoever to um you know see you at your worst because maybe they might leave if they see that um is that a little yeah, exactly. bit more freeing when when like exactly. you can be open yeah yeah, yeah. I um, think we have definitely welcomed seeing us at our worst I think that's just some real real train wreck times and we're like turning up on the doorstep bawling your eyes out for no reason or waking up on Grace's couch hungover from getting there at an ungodly hour yeah but but it's like back doors always open if you're on the couch that's fine I'll see you in the morning (laughs) so talk me through the steps of how you got up to doing the hour of power like what what went into um, the decision making of saying you know we're going to do a stand up comedy event about ourselves? What, how did you get to that point? <laughs> um, well, I think we we both had our own other projects going on, um, and I was living overseas for a few years, so we never really we never really had the chance to work together. No, we were still sort of when Katie was still in the, in the country. Um, I think what was happening more for ourselves and people around us was a lot of group devised theatre things and I think it took us, because that's sort of what you naturally went into after um, uni was you followed along with a lot of other people. The game that you've got to leave somewhere. Yeah, yeah. So we were doing a lot of that um, and then I, it takes a bit of time to sort of grow into the performer that you want to be, I guess. Um, 
and so we, we've kind of gone away. I, I've done things, Katie's done things, and we saw a lot of stand-up as well. There was a comedy room that we went to every fortnight in Sydney called... Friend Night. Your friend well, Night. not called Friend Night. We called it Friend, friend Night. night. <laughs> um, called um, Stand-Out Comedy um, at a pub called Foresters in Surrey Hills. And so we went there um, every fortnight with whoever, whatever group of people we could rustle together for Friend Night. And, um, yeah, I think after a lot of time, um, you know, you start to see a lot of the same comedians and um, you do start to have this like, oh, mm. I, could, I could do that, yeah. maybe. I'm quite inspired. And also just like seeing these days, there's so many more women on the stages. And that's yeah. And that was always really good at having a like a mix of people. So you sort of see these women standing up just really being really vulnerable and just telling these amazing stories about themselves. And, you know, and then Grace and I would be like, yeah, quite a lot of stories. We have stories. stories. And we make each other laugh. I mean, I think Grace <laughs> is hilarious. So I think Katie may laugh. I think Katie's hilarious. So I think it just came out with just yeah. one day we were like, we should just We should just do it. it. And then I think it was like the last day to apply for Sydney Fringe. And so we just did it. We just did it. And we went, oh, well, now we've got to write it. Yeah. It was like a backwards process. I think maybe some people would do it in the process of like, I've written a show, where can I put it on? We went, let's force ourselves to put it yeah. on. So we submitted, got the venue um, for Fringe Comedy, and then we just had to do it. Yeah. I think also with the comedians that we were seeing, and I think um, Hannah Gatsby did a lot for, for I, well, I'm going to say yeah. speak just for me. Um, I'm, I'm not sure if it's the same for you, Katie, where her, like, from the net on Netflix, that just changed how we view comedy, I think. I that you, you can yeah. you can be a storyteller. You can yeah. be, you don't have to have, like, you, you can have your own style and as yeah. long as you are being truthful and authentic, yeah. then you'll want to be watched. It doesn't have to be quip after quip exactly. after quip. And um, you can just, you can bring vulnerability to the stage. You don't have to just be this confident, witty, sort of banging out one line of every five seconds you can really take an audience onto a story and they don't have to be laughing every 10 seconds i think mm. yeah 100 percent. she made mm. that like a whole new door like oh cool we can do that because that's probably not saying that we haven't had it but that way of really opening up yourself and telling a story to an audience i think really yeah it resonated with yeah yeah so I, I what I'm hearing as well is like there's a you know seeing other women doing stand up gives you the confidence and the the appreciation of oh it doesn't as you're saying it doesn't always have to be punchline and joke after joke after joke um, yeah there's yeah. a safety net well is there a safety net rather with the both of you there like you know you both know the stories that you're going to be telling so if you know, you're both there to support each other. How does that particular relationship work, um, the, the back and forth with the stories that you're telling? Well, we're, we're both just nodding and then I realised that we're not. It's not no one can do that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, the way that we um, sort of decided to structure it, because way back when we were talking about it, we both sort of had little ideas sort of buzzing in the back of our heads. And we did have that discussion of, like, how do we structure it? So we sort of... Fit it a little bit, um, so we start together, we have a little bit of back and forth together, then like I do a little bit, we have a little overlap, Grace does a little bit, and we have a little overlap. So we each sort of get a good chunk of time just on stage, but then we have structured it so the other person's in the audience, so they're yeah. just there. And then also because we've heard each other's pieces <laughs> so many times, we went like, when you, you know, you obviously have your pre-show freak out, we, we've said, worst case scenario if you forget, just be like, what well, What did I do next? I can't remember. Like, it's this bit. And My favourite bit. Yeah. yeah. So we'll ha- we can have each other's back in that um, 
regard. Yeah, but it definitely like, especially sort of, you know, coming from both of us came from acting backgrounds before moving into writing and this being our first sort of big, well, this season, it's the second season of it, of comedy. It just, it's, yeah, it feels really, really special to have your person there for the journey of doing it. Yeah. And how has it evolved as well since the first season? Um, is it, it, you know, have you workshopped a little bit more or excised things that didn't work or, you know, embellished more things that, that did work? Yeah, we, um, so, yeah, we were, well, we were really lucky after the first season, it was really well received and, and we sold it out, which was just very, very unexpected and really exciting and really humbling. Um, and then, yeah, I think we both knew that we wanted to sort of tweak and tighten our pieces. But then it's so interesting as well because it was, what, six, five, six months ago, August, August 2019. Um, and, you know, we've changed as people. We've yeah. got different experiences. So actually, like, the last couple of days that have been spent sort of keeping the core themes and stories and things that definitely we've, you know, been taking some things out, putting some things in, wanting to try some new things as well. Yeah. But, yeah, I do think it's type of show that it is it will you know if you know if we, if we continue to do it we'll, we'll probably always continue to grow but I think the roots of it like the foundations in sort of friendship and relationships mm. and, and our type of storytelling will always stay the same yeah like I agree <laughs> <laughs> I agree with all of that I, yeah yeah yeah, I, yeah, yeah exactly what she says so obviously um Grace you had your your show um the 600 bottles of wine is there an intention yeah. to try and uh, kind of transform this into a you know tv series or something like that down the line um we've never talked about it but i think for... i'm putting on the spot now so now you have to talk about it <laughs> um i think like there's mm, i think oh, i don't know if i was to say like right now what my instinct is that i think the the live format of Katie and I bouncing off each other is where I, I feel like it belongs. Um, you get really improv bits. Yeah. Like it's script, it's a scripted show, but there is definitely improv in the moment things that just come out each mm. night. But I definitely wouldn't. I think if I could write characters that were that had the, you know, the the romance that Katie and I have together, like you know, there are unfortunately there are. It's, you know, it's Meredith and Christina from Grey's Anatomy, and I'm actually trying to think of another female pair. It's a, it's but you get a romance. A, but I was about to say it's a bromance. But I, yeah, no, yeah there's no female. Femman. Femman. I mean, there is Broad City, but I find their characters a tiny bit too vacuous for me. But I'm, I'm not. A long-winded answer is I'm not um, shutting myself off to the idea that these characters are maybe appear, you know, in another show, in a, in another world. Maybe they're in an office together. Maybe they're. Um, well, I've got his offices in my head. Yeah, and I, I could manage. I could just keep letting that marinate in my head. Actually, that uh, that idea. Thanks for giving it to me. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm curious because you you mention you you call them them characters, but they're you. Um, is there a difference between you on stage and like are you are you presenting a heightened version of yourselves on stage as characters? I, I think I'm definitely doing the version of me that I wish I was sometimes. Yeah, like yeah. some stories that I tell or the way that I can be like, well, this situation, this dating situation was not okay, or, or et cetera. I, would, I wish that I did that in real life. But in real life, I probably just <laughs> accepted 
the lot I was given. <laughs> but then it, it is a great way to sort of like express all those things that you didn't express in the moment or with a person or, or at a job or, you know, an opportunity to call something that you wish you called or to, you mm. know, yeah, say what you wanted to say. Yeah, but I think it's, and I think for me anyway, I don't know if this relates to you, Grace. I don't know something about you. I feel like I should know this. <laughs> I think that's part of the reason that I wanted to move away from acting. I sort of, I love the truth that comes from comedy. And even if you are sort of being a sort of version of yourself, a performative version of yourself, it's still you. It's not another story that you're telling. And just after sort of acting where, you know, yeah, sure, going into new characters is, is great and interesting and, and a, you know, good creative journey in its own way, there was just something about this, my voice, my stories, me, people responding to that that is really quite thrilling and special. I'm curious yeah. in that regard as well. Yeah, that, that's really interesting. I'm curious um, if you have taken away, like, from what you've done on stage, if you've taken away the, the ability to address those kinds of things in a more open scenario. I'm trying to think of the, the right way of framing this, but basically, you know, the, the the things that you want to say in the moment, you never say the right thing at all, like I'm currently doing, but you know and then, <laughs> yeah and then but then you know you you have that moment again uh and suddenly you know you're able to say what you had initially wanted to say uh way back when when you're either breaking up again with somebody else or mm-hmm. talking with a housemate or something mm-hmm. basically what i'm trying to say is has this has this stand-up changed the way that you have uh interacted with your day-to-day lives has it made you oh, reflect on what you've said that's, yeah, I would that's actually, a really good question. I would say yes. Yeah, same. We, we've got, you know, even like, let's look, obviously, we're two best friends. There's a lot of chats about dating in the show. Let's just call that. Yeah, just call it. There's also other things as well, but yeah, I'd say 97% yeah, of it is dating. And I think, <laughs> especially in the process of writing it and reliving these stories, and just going back to you after the show's developed, it has, like, in my bit and in your bit as well, mm-hmm. I think we've, there were a few stories where I had embellished the ending to be what I wish I'd said, and now I've kind of gone back to a truth of what actually happened. But in going through that process of reflecting on all those stories and reliving all those people and all the ridiculous choices that I made, now as I'm, you know, going through life and things happen, I, I do have that, look, I'm not always doing what I should be doing, but there is now that thought of, like, you know, is this the bar that I'm setting for myself? And it's kind of made me aware of that bar. I think the, like the, our discovery of like the pick up and drop off rule. Pick up and drop off rule. Yeah. Could you go through life doing the pick up and drop off with that person? And if you can't imagine that, then you shouldn't be with them. Not for you. Not for you. Away. Don't go home with them. Yeah. That's the rule. <laughs> so, so pick up um, and drop and off is the kids that you're talking about. Like, well, not the our kids. hypothetical children that no, don't, don't exist. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. But I think um, it's, it's the the I, at times um, I absolutely would also write in retrospect of going mm. oh here's what I wish I did but that you go the way that you connect with um, your audience is by going it's not what you wish you did the empowering thing that you wish you did yeah. because a lot of the time people have that thought as well and they don't do it so I think it's not it's the realization that it's nice to go I had that thought. And I didn't do it. Yeah. I did the dumb thing. And, and everyone does And that. everyone does the dumb thing. And that was, you know, one thing that was really nice that we heard from friends and people who'd seen the last show. They were like, you know, you made me feel better about all the silly things that I've yeah. done. You know, everyone makes these stupid choices and you sort of got to sit at home and you're like, oh, I'm such an idiot. Like, no mm. one else would do that stupid thing that I did. And then just to hear that there are other people 
doing all of the dumb shit. Of course you can. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Please. Right. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I think um, another thing that I discovered in the new bit that I wrote was um, in not so much like finding a voice in that very stereotypical way, but I found more of a point of view on how I feel about things. Like there's um, there's one whole thing um, piece in the the new shows that. Um, the amount of men that I've been on dates with and once they found out about my show, 600 Bottles of Wine, they all make some type of weird comment about it and shut down a conversation. And I've always um, allowed that conversation to happen and been like, oh, yeah, that's so fine, I get it. And um, now, upon reflection, I realised how not okay that has been to shut down talk about career and yeah, work. Yeah, not want to hear about someone's personal life. Yeah, personal life. yeah. so it does. It, it, that, that's filtered through to my personal life now that since I've written that, like, I have been on a date with someone who said this, one of these weird sentences, and it just becomes, uh, it's such an immediate, okay, cool, there won't be a yeah. second date now. Yeah. Yeah. So, in that regard, what, what are they saying? They're just basically like, oh, well, you're, you're creative and successful, um, and... Oh, no. God, no, they wouldn't be that complimentary. No, that's, 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 are you joking? <laughs> so nice. No, they say, um, they say, oh... I'm not going to watch it because, you know, and I go, no, I don't know. Or I'm not going to watch it because I want to get to know this version of you. And I just don't understand what that means. But it's one of those two sentences have been said by, I would say, up to 12 people. Like, that is those exact same two. Oh, yes. my God. Men have Thank got to be better. Thank you for being stopped. Yeah. yeah, welcome to Sydney. Yeah, welcome. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I I don't date very men over very many men over here. I haven't dated any men actually, but you know, I, I imagine <laughs> that we've probably got shit men over here too. But um, I just <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. I don't know. I just when I hear things it's like that from yeah. yeah, when I hear things like that from from women and men who are dating men, and it's just like I I, I pull my hair out at like. <laughs> Do they know yeah, that they're funny, interacting like, with another person? <laughs> well, that's, that's, it. Wonder, that's yeah. it. And I think also as I'll just sort of say here that, like, we do sort of tell these stories about men, but we've really made sure the show is not man-hating. Yeah. Like, it's very much the focus is on, like, these people said these, you know, not very nice things to us, but it's also it's more the exploration of our reaction. To yeah, it's it's our journey. It's not a big... hilarious story. Yeah, it's not a big <laughs> man-hating, like, men are trash... Hour. It's, <laughs> no, it's, not that. it's not that. I mean, there's moments, definitely. <laughs> but also, where there's like, well, I've been a bit of a yeah. as well. Yeah, it's, it's an acknowledgement of when we've done bad things, yeah. too, or not less than intelligent, less than intelligent, decision. interesting, interesting, decision. terrible, interesting, interesting decisions. decisions. Yeah. <laughs> so, what has been but the yeah. reaction from audiences, uh, both men and women uh, who have seen uh, this show? Um, yeah, what's what's their reactions been, and what's the the feedback been? Um, it's been very positive. Which, like I said before, was when we just sort of signed up to fringe comedy, we didn't really know what we were in for. Um, I think one thing that stood out to me last time, like we had such a range. Like, yeah, our audiences last year were you know a lot of people that we know and their networks and their networks. Um, so it was good because then you sort of seeing people at work or whatever afterwards, and they were able to talk about it. So obviously, like it resonated with pretty much every woman that was there but then also you know there's you know pretty young guys at my work who are pretty young and cool and and you know even they got something out of it like I just felt like it I think because it is human by nature because we are just being very this is the way 
it is, this is who I am, it was able to connect with people regardless of sort of their age, gender or background or anything like that. Yeah. And in that regard too... I disagree. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, how, How open are you getting... Uh, in these discussions because I, I I understand it's probably pretty open but um, yeah. sometimes there it's, is a, um, yeah it's, it's probably too open in the way that it's been a serious conversation with parents that they are advised to possibly not attend we had an idea <laughs> of if our parents we should get the noise cancelling headphones and my dad looked at me and went oh, I think I'm just not going to come <laughs> so yeah, it's a bit. It's very. My siblings came, which was um interesting. I think the funniest part about that is we've got a, a part where we sort of go through. We sort of created nicknames for people that we might have like dated with or met over the years. And and after the show, my brother came up and he's like, "Oh, it was so great!" Like da da da. And he goes, but you, "You left someone off your list," and started like listing a couple of boyfriends I'd had when I was in my late teens. So he's like, "Okay, cool. You know a lot about me." But. I think, well, what I hope we've done with the openness is not, like, we don't, we're not, like, shock jocks. We're not sort of saying this graphic, you know, overly oh. sexual stuff just for the shock factor. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. No, Grace is looking at me like, oh, we do. And I'm like, yeah, but it's not, yeah. not just to get the reaction. Yeah. It's just to kind of be real. Yeah, to be authentic, because I think that's what lets an audience lean in, because you're actually, one reviewer wrote the first, uh, first time around that was, like, they're saying the things that we've, always that we've done but have perhaps been too afraid to tell someone about painfully real painfully real um so yeah we do talk about sexual experiences uh like some mishaps unrequited love yeah um and and some hard truths for how a female friendship as well um so it's not all sexually open it's it's open in how we feel about a lot of things yeah and even just sort of I think, um, you know, we touched on sort of just at the start of this conversation of, like, our friendship being like a relationship. And, you know, in, in a lot of the hard truth is realising, well, sometimes at the end of the day, your friendships are all you have. So it is really important that mm. that they're good and that they're safe and that they're positive and, yeah, I don't know where I'm going with that. No, I like it. Getting a bit profound. No, I like it. Being <laughs> profound. Life coach. Life coach. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I guess it's the thing is like, you know, in a, a strong friendship, you have those frank and open discussions. So to me, by the sounds of it, really, all you're doing is just opening the doors so that you're allowing people to come on, come in and hear those same kind of discussions that you would be having regardless. Yeah. And do you know what's interesting? I found that since both 600 and this show that people have started like who may not have been open in other friendships like a lot of people tell me stories about Mm. their personal life like a lot more like they have noticed that as well actually like i've become a safe space for them to be like oh i did this thing i'm like that's cool they know yeah especially people who've been in the show because they've yeah might might have heard a story that we've told actually yeah people that work do that to me all the time Mm. they think i should study psychology but then i decided that i don't really want to do that (laughs) how how does it how does it feel when you have uh work colleagues coming up and telling you those kinds of stories then is it like, okay, that's, is, has there ever been a point where you're like, well, thank you for telling me that, but it's a bit much or? Um, I find it, uh, not flattering, not the right word, because that makes it sound really egoic. I find it, no, I do feel flattered that they feel safe enough mm. to come up and tell me, especially because in my workplace, like I'm sort of, I'm pretty old. A lot of people there are sort of in their early 20s. Um, so I, I don't know, I just, I do feel like 
I don't know, almost like a friend or a big sister. And, and it means, I, I don't know, I'm not very good at having a work face. Like, I'll, I want to connect with people as humans. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Katie's boob just popped out, just so you know. That's what she started like. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Not very well. um, yeah. So, what was I saying? Oh, yeah. So I do. Yeah, and I think it's. Just, I've noticed it has been the people who have come to the show. So I think it, it is again that thing of. I really liked it through just making some art and through having a fucking good time. Like this show, despite you know you, we stressed out before it opened, it's so much fun. Yeah. And just by me kind of having a bit of fun and sharing a little bit too much information and being a bit crass and being a bit like, well, I'm lost in my life people feel that they can sort of voice that yeah. I think I just like I do like when people come up and chat about stuff because there is it's you're having a connection with someone and I just think I've never been weirded out by someone's story um, either I think just connection is really nice um, and he, people are just interesting in general interesting, yeah um, and everybody has their their story that mm. or, and what's gotten them here and if they had a show they would have all these stories yeah. too. So I think yeah. if they want to share them, I'm so happy to listen. And we're just lucky that, you know, we've got our art, yeah. to use that word, to to put it out there and to express it. Yeah, yeah, it's really good. Um, I'm excited to, um, obviously, uh, I'm, I'm over west, so um, can't see it at the moment, but I'm I'm excited to hear what the reaction is and, and see where you guys go from here. Is there is there a plan to tour this around to other fringe festivals around the world? I know that... Um, a lot of these kinds of shows go over to Edinburgh and stuff like that. Is that is yeah, that one of the plans? That's 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 the dream. That's the dream. We um, yeah. we didn't get our application in on time for Adelaide because um, that's sort of one thing that we were hoping of. But we're sort of wondering, we're like, can we go from the Flight Path Theatre to Edinburgh Fringe? I reckon. I reckon. I'll just work every day. It's just, but it's a lot of flyering, which is a lot of flyering. Like that's the one thing that's yeah. that I'll say about this show is I I just. I look forward to in two years, three years time yeah. when the, it kind of there's a bit more um, what's it called momentum. momentum yeah. So you're not sending harassing messages to friends, yeah, telling yeah. them to like being like, "Why haven't you bought your tickets yet?" Yeah. I just would like it to happen. happen. <laughs> so yeah, I think we would definitely because Grace and I are both from like outside. We're not from Sydney. We both come from outside of Sydney, so we've been talking about maybe sort of. I won't say, like, do a rural tour, because I wouldn't say we're rural. We're in the country. Yeah. Um, of, like, taking it back to the hometowns and just sort of branching out mm. a little bit. Like, I think, I think because, um, you know, this is the second season in Sydney in six months, we'll probably give Sydney a bit of a rest. Yeah. So, Sydney, you have to see it now, or you won't see it for a very long time. Oh, that's a good but, way to do yeah. that. We should do that. That's a great that. way but I wouldn't. Can, yeah. Yeah, but I, you know, I went to Adelaide Fringe um, this year, and I met a lot of people who'd been over at Perth for the Perth Fringe, and Perth Fringe sounds really great. Like I would, yeah, I would never shut any doors to seeing where it could go. And I, I think it's at the funny point now, and the same thing happened before we did it in August, where you sort of at this point of like, gosh, we open in in two nights. Like, what are we going to do? Why are we doing this? And then at the end, you're like, yes, when can we do it again? I'm yeah, so excited. Totally. I love it. I love life. What? Yeah. Where can we go? Yeah. So yeah, we'll see. So in in a week, we'll probably be like. Booking flights to Edinburgh or yeah, or yeah. Wherever we'll do, we can, we'll, we'll do we'll, something we'll, rogue. We'll yeah, and be like, hi, <laughs> let us come. Yeah, let us come. Let us come in. Well, the, I mean, that's what like to me. That's what it sounds like. The 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 best thing about this kind of show is that no matter where you take it, there's a relatability to it, and there's a familiarity to this kind of story. So I think that wherever you go, you're going to find that um, warmth and connection with the audience. Yeah, yeah. I hope so, and I think. 
there, but I think it's the bottom line of it that I that we hope comes across, and I think we did get feedback that it came across. So that's good. Is is mm. just the joy and of truth of friendship, and yeah. everyone has a friend, even if they've only got one. Like people can connect with that. They have a person. They have a person. It might, yeah. might be a family member or a work colleague or someone that they've known for twenty five years or two minutes. But everyone sort of there'll be something in it where they'll go, oh, that's like so and so to me. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I've taken up a heap of your time, and I think I could continue talking for hours because there's a lot of there's a lot to talk about. Um, yeah. But I think that this sounds like a really exciting show. I'm I'm excited to hear what uh, how it goes and all that kind of stuff, and and um, see it do well because it's nice to see these kinds of stories out there, and it's nice to see uh, you know people like yourselves who are creating an open free space for people to feel comfortable with sharing their own stories and feel confident in uh, living a, a truer life. Um, so congratulations yeah. on that. It's good. It's true and life. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Such um, thought-provoking questions. Yeah. They were really, yeah. really good questions. Yeah. Well, that's good. Uh, hopefully, <laughs> uh, I, I do try and... Um, you know, I just try and make it a bit of a conversation rather than, you know, yeah, yeah. here's five questions. Can you answer them now? Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Five reasons to see our power. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Like I, I hope that, you know, people after listening to this, that they'll, you know, they get an understanding. It doesn't have to be like a representation of what the show is, just a an understanding of, yeah. all right, these are the kinds of people that you're going to see and, and engage with. So hopefully they get that yeah. and enjoy it. Yeah, you guys, because uh, you're donating some money to the bushfire relief, aren't you, and all that kind yeah. of stuff. Yeah, oh, yeah. Thursday the opening night. Yeah, so we're, gonna, we're really trying to pack it out and just do a final push yeah. to get more people there on Thursday um, so we can Yeah, I think we've thought if, like, because we've had to comp some Thursday, like, the industry and stuff, so we thought if we don't make enough money from that, we'll just grab some money from, if we make it from the other yeah, night, yeah. just to make sure we've got a good donation. And we have yeah. programs that are by donation. Yeah. For, it'll be another charity with what the Indigenous land. Yeah, there's a few um, we've been looking at. Yeah. Our programs will be. Since like Barbara sort of took over the RFS, we like, like, maybe we should be yeah. a bit deeper. Yeah, maybe they don't need any more yeah. from us. I mean, they always need money, but there's lots of other things. Yeah. So, yeah we're going to have a, I've got a couple of friends at work who are, um, you know, in different fire brigades, so even just finding out from them a more localised and doing that actual audition. Yeah. Great. Yeah, but there will be something. Yeah. Fantastic. Well... So that was Grace Rouvray and Katie Lees talking about their stand-up comedy show, Hour of Power, which again is kicking off at the Flight Path Theatre in Marrickville, New South Wales on this Thursday the 16th of January through to the 18th of January and then again from the 23rd of January through to the 25th of January at 8pm. Links are in the show notes. Head along, go and purchase uh, tickets and enjoy a great night of stand-up comedy. Take your friends and family along to go and see it. Uh, They will have a lot of fun. Um, thanks again for listening to this show, guys. I really appreciate it. It means a lot. If you want to head over to the website, thecurb.com.au, to listen to other interviews, uh, read reviews, uh, check out articles on there, fantastic. Head over to the Facebook page, uh, The Curb AU on Facebook, and as well on Twitter, The Curb AU would be fantastic. There's also a Patreon page. Of course there is a Patreon page. It's a podcast. There's always a Patreon page for a podcast. Podcast.com, uh, no, podcast.com, patreon.com forward slash The Curb AU. Uh, as little as a dollar a month really helps the website continue running and going and all that kind of top shelf stuff Uh, again thank you all for listening I really hope you enjoyed it uh, as much as I enjoy doing these things Uh, 
take care of each other, look after each other, be kind to each other, and I'll see you on the next episode. Thanks, guys. Love this podcast? Support it and sponsor today. Simply head to OzCastNetwork.com for details. Feeling lucky? Nemecolon's Lady Luck Casino is under new management and better than ever with 26 table games and an array of slot machines for you to test your luck. Try your luck at the table games, hit the slots for the day, or stay overnight to enjoy Nema Cullen's luxury accommodations, fine dining, and all that the casino has to offer in one breathtaking mountain location. Visit nemacolon.com for more information and to reserve your stay. Lady Luck is open to the public. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER.